I always have a headache. Oh my god, I can't take it. Uh, yeah, my head always aches too. <laughs> Which head are we talking about, sir? <laughs> Not the one I think with. <laughs> you gotta uh, stop beating it like you stole something. Hey, it's mine. I can wash it however many times I please. Look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much fucking they, there. They're coming out with an, uh, another Transylvania. You talking about the like, cartoon? <laughs> I, Man, I don't know. I don't know why I fucking watch those, but uh, usually they're pretty good. So, uh, in just a second, I'm about to tell you about this movie. Actually, I should tell you about it now. It doesn't have to be on the main podcast. It's called The Lhasa Pastor. I'm sorry? You, you fucking heard me right. The Lhasa Pastor. The Lhasa Pastor. Yeah, I'm going to read you what this movie's about. <clears throat> it's on Amazon Prime. I'm going to be watching it tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. I'm not done yet. <laughs> At first, horrified by his new power, a prostitute convinces him to use it to fight crime. And ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah, watching yeah. out of that. If Logan would make a movie, that would be it. <laughs> right? What kind of phone case is it? I ain't ever see a clear way. Damn, go here like fall asleep on me. Man, this has been one long ass fucked up week. It's a clear little phone case. Uh. It's beating the hell and back. Eh. I beat it like I beat my dick. <laughs> That's why mine's in a protective case so it don't get wet when I fucking shoot it. <laughs> I have lots of splooge. <laughs> Especially on Thursdays. <laughs> All right, you ready, sir? Yes, sir. One second, I gotta, I gotta take my sinus medicine real quick before I forget. Right here, man, ah, damn, man, I'll be all fucking stopped up and shit if I don't take it, and I'll forget later. So yes, Patreon, if I can watch Velocipaster, and I don't know, depending on how that movie goes, it will determine whether I review that or not. I have to tomorrow. I gotta review and record. I gotta record and watch uh the wolverine alien versus predator 2 uh there was another one oh full metal jacket i gotta watch and review that as well um so that's three movies i gotta watch and review tomorrow so so much shit i got well if you'd stop fucking reviewing stupid shit i'd help you nah. <laughs> I ain't trying to watch no fucking Wolverine. I ain't five. <laughs> yeah, none of these new mo these movies coming up. Oh, except uh, Rambo, which you and I are gonna be doing. Fucking can't wait because I seen yeah. it on that uh voodoo shit. I was like so tempted to fucking watch it the other day, but I was like, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> All right. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we're on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. Today, I have been waiting for this review for months. This has been in the planning stages since uh, April, at least. Josh is here with me today, my brother. You know, we do it every Thursday, except this week, because this is a special edition episode of Surfing the Stream. Throughout the entire month of July, we are reviewing nothing but war movies. This is war movies in review. Josh, this is your first time doing a, a genre series. How's it going so far? Uh, so far, sir, it has been a major letdown. I've watched nothing but shit. <laughs> <laughs> Either all these movies are shitty or I'm just picking the wrong ones because <laughs> uh, i was trying to do that thing where you're like pick a good one and then watch a bad one pick a good one watch. 
Yeah, I don't have good luck on the good ones yet. Uh, I'm in the middle of Dunkirk right now. And which one? Dunkirk. It took me. I thought there were kids on this podcast. You talking nasty and shit. (laughs) It it took me like half the movie to realize that it is like three different timelines. (laughs) (laughs) I was like. I was like, bro, I'm so fucking confused as to what I'm watching right now. I don't have that one on my list to watch. It's on there. Dunkirk. D-U-N-K-I-R-K. It's on HBO Max. Why do you always say nasty shit? <laughs> but yes, uh, like I was saying, every week in the month of July, we are doing nothing but war movies. We are doing The Patriot, Saving Private Ryan, Lone Survivor, and uh, what was the last one, Josh? Do you remember? Anyways, oh, man. Look. it doesn't matter. We're doing another war movie. I can't think Braveheart. of Braveheart. Braveheart, boom. There you go. Man, I'm the host of this podcast. I'm just struggling. Uh, man, I lost my place on my paper. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing those four movies throughout this entire month. And you are hearing this review, or this movie got this movie review got uh, released on July fourth, and for obvious reasons, that's because tonight or today we are reviewing The Patriot, one of my favorite movies of all time. And I watched the extended edition for the first time. Josh, you watched the regular edition, correct? Correct, sir. All right, and that's what we're going to be doing tonight is The Patriot, and it will be released on July 4th because of, you know, obvious obvious reasons. America. America, bitches. America. That's the day that we whooped that ass, and they were they hightailed it. Hey, I know it's going to be released on the 4th, but let's just everybody pause because it is Skitty Thursday, bitches. <laughs> I had Skitty as well, sir. Hey, I did too, sir. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I'm probably going to have it again tomorrow, too. Oh, you lucky bastard. But I can't oh. say nothing. I had it Monday, so I kind of double dip this week. You like double dipping, don't you? <laughs> when there's sausage in it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we jump into this re- review for The Patriot, if you want to consider supporting us and you like what we're doing here and you want to be like a like a producer slash creator of our show, tell us what we want to what you want to listen to each and every week, what movies to review, uh, what we do on the two game podcast, plus additional podcasts, then go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Support us at any of those three tiers, and you get instant access to our group text. And like I said, you get to basically create what you want each and every week. I I put out an opinion poll just about every single week about what they want to hear or what they want to, yeah, review-wise. And it's basically all from Patreon. So patreon.com slash two-game. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Edmonds, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, and Lindsay Humble. We appreciate y'all supporting us each and every month. Thank you. That shit's out of the way. Let's fucking do this. The Patriot. So this movie is about a peaceful former... Uh, shit, I guess I did, did not put that little word there. I kind of skipped over it. Hmm. This is not going very well for me today. <laughs> <laughs> you out of sync there, though. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Martin is driven to lead the colonial militia during the American Revolution when a sadistic British officer murders his son. So if you're thinking, right, you're listening to us right now, and you're like, well, what what does uh, war movies in July entail? So basically, each and every week, I will be, me and Josh will be reviewing a war movie. At the end of the month, after all the war movies that we've watched, it's going to be 20 plus movies. We're going to give you our top 10 definitive rankings on the best war movies ever. So that's just kind of what this this genre series is all about. Now, uh, rule-wise, it's got to be based on a real war that happened. So we're not talking no space wars, no fucking Star Wars, none none of that shit. This is real-life shit 
Now, the stories within the movies can be not based off a true story. Uh, they can be made up like this one. But for the most part, it has to be a real war. So this movie is directed by Roland Emmerich. He's directed a lot of shit, sir. Check this out. Independence Day, one and two. Uh, White House Down, the movie 2012, which is not very good. Uh, Universal Soldier. Uh, Godzilla, the one from 2000. Uh, Day After Tomorrow, which is actually a pretty good movie. Uh, Midway, which is also on our list to watch as well, sir, for war movies. This movie had a budget of $110 million and it grossed worldwide $215.3 million. It stars Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger, Jason Isaacs, and Tom Wilkinson. It has a runtime of a beefy two hours and 45 minutes. The extended edition is 10 minutes longer at two hours and 55 minutes. This was released on June 28th. 2000. Nine years old when I saw this for the first time, sir. Uh, damn it, sir. And let's not forget you said beefy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you totally didn't give me a pause to get in on that one. <laughs> Dude, you gotta throw the shout out, man, when you get a chance, man. I'm just, I'm going. Shout out. <laughs> Alright, so here's some good fun facts. I got some decent fun facts this week. I'm interested to see which ones you got. I got one. Okay. Uh, so everyone in the battle had to undergo a two-week-long boot camp before shooting began. The hand-to-hand combat moves are actually authentic to the time and are actually still used by the military today. The historical accuracy of the costumes and settings were overseen by the Smithsonian Institution. It's the uh, first time the institution... Uh, ever worked directly with a production of a movie. They did 1,200 outfits for the uh, for like the, the red coats and the, the blue coats and whatnot. Uh, Heath Ledger performed his own stunts. Mel Gibson's character is based off of General Andrew Pickens and uh, some dude named the Swamp Fox or some shit like that. <laughs> That's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> well... That sounds like a sex move. Swamp Fox. <laughs> I'm about to swamp fox you. <laughs> All right. It was hard finding a swamp for, for the filming, so the production rented out a botanical garden and flooded it. And then my last two is Aunt Charlotte's house is the same one used in Forrest Gump. And the last and final fun fact is Mel Gibson was paid $25 million for this movie. Damn. $25 million. And it was supposed to be like 100 days of, of filming, if I'm not mistaken. So, bruh, that's a lot of fucking money in just a couple God dang. And you know he wasn't that... in all of those uh, scenes, so he didn't, he didn't film for 100 days. Man, I should have been an actor. Yeah. I just needed to know how to act. What's your uh, fun fact? Uh, the the church scene is historically inaccurate. That never took place. That was added in the movie. Uh, the I forgot I had a second one. The final battle that you see at the end of the movie is actually the Battle of Cowpens. Yes. So, Battle of Cow. I never knew what that name of that battle was until I uh, did research on the movie. I didn't either, and it's so crazy man is uh we're we live only about i don't know three three and a half four hours from Cowpens, south carolina because mm-hmm. I've, I've traveled through there and i remember seeing Cowpens all the time and i was like no shit hmm. see I, I don't have the dvd anymore of this movie wait yes i do yes i do i have it on blu-ray i'm curious today what, what the special features are for this movie I would like to see some of the behind the scenes of the actual uh, filming of the uh, uh, fighting scenes, man. They they were really, really well choreographed. Oh, indeed they were, sir. Hey, uh, off topic for just a second. I sent you a birthday gift uh, with mom. Oh, did you now? Uh, 
because uh, how much you love Tombstone, I sent you my copy of Tombstone, the special edition that is really hard to come by. Oh, damn. This guy here, I'm going to give you a reach around for that. What? <laughs> I don't even know what that's about. I'm going to find out. But what? I appreciate that, dog. I'll send the, uh, I'll nah, send the original to you. Nah, don't worry about it. Well, I don't need two of them. I I bought it on Voodoo as well, so I have it on digital. Oh, uh, well. This guy here throwing his money in my face. Fucking <laughs> <Looking> fancy. <laughs> I appreciate that, dog. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, man. It's got a map in there. It's got all kinds of fucking special features and shit that I'm sure you'd be interested in. So, yeah. Mom was like, you want him to bring this back to you? I'm like, no, nah, I don't want that shit. That's his. <laughs> he'll he'll he can borrow it. You can borrow it 600 miles away. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'll get that back. Like, uh, Larry gets gives us his stuff back. <laughs> you never see it again. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell did my uh, weed eater go? Let me go look at Larry's house. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, back to the Patriot. A little off topic. What did you think about it, sir? I already know the answer to oh, it. I liked it, man. You- I mean, how can you not like that movie? You can't. And it's just one of those movies you cannot hate. Impossible. So you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier. I had no idea how long of a movie this was. I had not either. And, you know, it's funny because when we got done talking about that, I asked Rachel if she knew how long that movie was. And she had no idea it was that long. It's insane. If you can keep somebody entertained for almost three hours and then not realize that they've been watching something for three hours, you have done a uh, mighty hell of a task. The pacing is impeccable in that movie. Yes. Like you said, I mean, yes. you look down and it's like, oh, shit. I mean, I've been here for three hours. Didn't even feel like it at all. Shout out. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but I'm about to try to find out. <laughs> So uh, I was also talking to Josh about this a little bit earlier. I watched the extended edition. He saw the uh, just the normal edition on Netflix, uh, which is where you can go see this right now. So the special edition, the extended edition, contains 10 more minutes of, of runtime. Uh, from what I gathered, it I, I couldn't really tell uh, little bits and pieces. They added some dialogue to a couple of scenes that, uh, that I just didn't recognize i guess but the main things that i saw at the very beginning of the movie you know the kids are running towards the forest like they they see something and in the extended edition it shows them watching uh redcoats floating down the river dead and then once thomas dies they show the funeral of that and that's the only two scenes that i can think of that that they added that was different uh but it's been a few years since i've seen this movie but for the most part i remember this this movie uh front to back it's i've seen it so many times you know i have too but for some odd reason this time around i picked up on a few nuggets that i have never paid attention to before and one of them made me laugh my ass off like i'm pretty sure it wasn't meant to be comedic but uh i busted a I busted a nut laughing in there. It was <laughs> hilarious. Uh, which scenes were those? Uh, man, you know where they're, the uh, general's pissed off because he's having to wear the, uh, as he call it, rags because they're old. He needs his clothes from that ship. Yes. And then um, Mel Gibson and all the uh, the militia blow up the ship. You talking about the woman? Yeah, she's like, oh, goody, fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> that look on that general's face, man, was epic. Just <laughs> epic. I could not stop laughing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and I've never noticed his his facial expression when she says that line. And it was just... <laughs> he just looks at her and he's like, shut the fuck up. Man, <laughs> <laughs> um, the best thing ever. Oh, that was hilarious. So, me personally, this has been one of my favorite movies for a very, very long time. I used to watch it religiously. Uh, somehow, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised mom and dad kind of let me watch this movie with considering how violent it is. Uh, especially, you know, when he's 
you know, hacking that dude up at the very beginning with the the tomahawk. That was a ghost, sir. And the blood is just spewing on his face. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is epic. Man, I'm telling you. This had to have been Heath Ledger's early start in his career. Uh, trying to think if he had any movies before this one. Uh, he was in a bunch of, of uh, not chick flicks, but like movies like that, where he was the uh, heartthrob. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You came out before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but but apparently he was uh, he was he would only be offered roles for like heartthrobs. For these uh these like romantic comedies and whatnot and he didn't want to do those anymore so he was almost he almost retired from filming from acting and then he got this role and that's what kept him in acting damn i i always liked i thought he was a good actor so yeah it's one of my favorite movies of all time i gotta say i didn't realize how many like character moments were in this movie i always just from what I remember, it was just all action, basically. And they didn't really spend a whole lot of time action-wise. I mean, uh, character-wise. But there's actually a lot of character moments in this movie. And I gotta say, I, I think it might be because I'm a parent now, but some of those scenes hit a little bit harder now that I'm a, now I'm a parent. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I definitely picked up a lot, especially on the Mel Gibson's character, a lot more... Uh, it was a lot deeper than I ever looked at it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, but we're going to let that go. We're going to edit me, but you good. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's so salty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, you know, there's a uh, definitely development between Mel Gibson and the, uh, that chick, uh, Charlotte. That's the, uh, yeah, that's her. Yeah. That I'd never really noticed before. And then that little girl. The little girl is what, is what really hit me the hardest was at the end when she's like, Papa, don't go. And I was like, damn, dude, that kind of hit me in the uh, face a little bit. I was like, Mama, I have to give me a damn tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> what is a salty discharge? <laughs> <laughs> In the words of uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch, I'm leaky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I didn't. I don't think I ever realized how many character moments were in it. Uh, there's obviously they they give each character like one little moment throughout the course of this movie. Like, uh, one of my favorite characters who doesn't get a ton of screen time at all is John Billings. You remember that guy? He's he's the one that laughs, like, constantly. I love that dude's laugh for some reason. Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> love that dude's laugh. And, like, even he gets, like, a little character moment because, you know, he's he's seen as this this funny guy who doesn't really take anything serious. And then as soon as he finds out that his... His family's been burned. That dude fucking goes off the rail and just fucking kills himself. Yeah, you know that. I I felt the same way on that. I you know, you kind of get the picture in the beginning that he's just some drunk that wants to kill some redcoats. But like you said, as soon as you see the family connection, you're like, well, damn, that guy was uh, it was pretty deep with that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I mean Heath Ledger's character obviously gets a lot of screen time. Uh, Thomas, I mean, he has, his isn't necessarily a character moment for, for him. It's more of a character moment for, for other people, for other characters in the movie. Uh, I mean, Susan, not Susan. Yeah. Susan, even Susan gets a little, uh, gets a little moment there towards the end with her, uh, tell him, Papa, don't leave me. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm curious. They don't ever explain why she never speaks in the movie. She doesn't do it. In, they don't do it in the extended edition as well. Just, just in case you were wondering. Do we ever find out how the wife died? I don't remember that. Uh, I don't think they ever mentioned that. I'm guessing that has something to do with that. So her being pissed off at the dad towards the end, and she knows, I hate him. I hope he never comes back. I, 
I think it's one of those responses where, you know, she's just, she's so upset that he's gone that she just hope he, he doesn't come back and have to do it again. And like, it's just easier to be pissed off about it than to be upset about it. Do you think it's tied into the relationship? Because, you know, when they're in the, uh, they're in Charleston talking about it and they're like, I can't, uh, the battle of wilderness or something like that. Fort wilderness. Yeah. I wonder if when he was in that battle, if something happened to their mother. And she blames him for not being home. Maybe. Maybe. That's the only thing I can think. That's the only way I think it would tie. I wish they would explain it like somewhere in the extended edition. Like I think that would have been the perfect place to to kind of go over that. Yeah, definitely. But you know, this movie has one of the best villains. I mean what? <laughs> you know, you hate this guy within the first I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie. And it's in one scene. <laughs> one... Yeah, just in one. Stupid boy. Right? He is, I mean, he's a really, really great actor. And he, is, he was. That's such a fucking great villain. It's one of the best villains in any movie of all time. Yeah, and, and you know, like when they're uh, throwing the torch on the uh, the church in that scene, and he makes that uh, guy from that town throw it and kill his own people. Mm-hmm. I was like, this dude is a savage. Right? Just uh, just a perfect, perfect villain. And then at the end, you know, he's taunting uh, Mel Gibson. And I got to say, so this movie came out in 2000. So obviously it was it was written and all that production shit in the 90s. You can tell that it has a lot of 90s dialogue in it. Uh, You may not notice it because you didn't... I I did 90s action movies in review. So that's still fresh in my mind. How how the writing was in those movies is very similar to this. Now, granted, the writing is significantly smarter and better than any of those 90s movies that I watched. But, and I kind of lost where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm derailed there too, sir, but thank you for letting us know they're smarter. <laughs> I totally, I told, ah, uh, this is fucking going to shit. Do you think, uh, Mel Gibson is conflicted because he thinks he's going to go to hell because he's caused his pretty much two sons to die and possibly his wife? Because he blames himself for both both of his sons being killed in that war. Uh, to me. To me, it does. I mean, he blames himself. I think he blames himself more for Thomas than, than Gabriel, if I had to guess. Because I tell you, the best line in this movie made me think of that. It's, and I uh, rewinded it so I could get the exact wordage down. Oh, learning. He, he's talking to Aunt Charlotte, Mel Gibson is. He, she says, you have done nothing to be ashamed. He says, I did nothing for I am ashamed. Mm-hmm. That makes me think he is conflicted. And he thinks the past is going to haunt him with... Uh, his kid getting killed. I can't think of the damn kid's name now. Thomas. Thank you. So, see, I took that as a different way because in the very beginning of the movie, he's all like, uh, I'm not doing this war stuff. I'm. It's just not for me, you know, basically. And he was not going to vote for anybody to go in his stead. And then the people show up at his doors, his doorsteps, and his son gets killed, and he didn't do anything until later. So I feel like that's what he's ashamed of is, is not going to war sooner, maybe. And not doing something. Yeah. Sooner. Maybe if he would have done something sooner, he would not have had uh, his son die. Maybe if he would have talked to, maybe him going to war would have prevented his son from going to war, uh, Gabriel. And then Gabriel wouldn't, you know, get injured and come back to the house. And then, you know, that whole shit. So it's kind of like a, like a timeline fuck up parallel universe shit I'm kind of thinking of right now. Does that make any sense? I like, 
Nah, I don't think I'm gonna stick with my angle on that. <laughs> I, just, I just think he's more upset the fact that if he hadn't if he had done something at the very beginning rather than after Thomas died, I don't think he would be he would feel that way of being ashamed. Yeah, well, I can see what you're saying, but I'm still right. Oh, yeah, obviously you're right. Obviously. So the one thing that I want to mention, and I did, I did not know this. You probably wouldn't know this or care. Oh, so I'm stupid all of a sudden? No, you just don't care about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> so for, for our listeners out there, I did not know that John Williams did the score for this movie. Do you know who John Williams is? No. He did Jaws, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, uh, Indiana Jones. That's all from the same composer. So I'm a heavy hitter. Right? So I'm listening to this movie, and I'm like, bro, that sounds just like fucking Jurassic Park. And the next little, this is at the beginning of the credits, and it says uh, John Williams. I was like, well, no fucking shit. It sounds like Jurassic Park. It's the guy who fucking made it. <laughs> Yeah, I've never, uh, I've just recently started trying to pay attention to the music in them. Dude, the, the score in this movie is fucking fantastic. Mm. I really, yeah. Don't. There were some parts where the score was like, eh, not really feeling it there. But for the most part, that, that score is epic. Yeah. You know, what'd you think about the battle scenes? I, I really thought they choreographed that just superbly. I mean, I don't know how they could have done better. I don't know either. I mean, they only have like truly like one big like fight sequence at the very end. I mean, I know they have a couple of you know big fights throughout the course of the movie, uh, specifically at the very beginning, where it's like these big battlefields. But I don't feel like there's a whole lot of choreography that had to go into that. They just got to line up and shoot people. I mean, that's, that's all it basically happened. Oh but, yeah, but toward the, toward the end they were. The Battle of Cowpens was was awesome. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, but it, it strikes me as weird that this huge battle is going on, and Mel Gibson and Jason Isaacs are fighting each other in the middle of this battlefield, and nobody just turns around and says, hey, you do realize that if we just go over here and just poke this dude in the butt real quick, uh, that, that'll, that fight will be over. They just all watch and do their own little thing. I just came bypass of uh, all the spots of the body you said you wanted to poke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, why would you let two generals duke it out while you're over there? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, it, it makes, felt, <laughs> I felt like they were just watching them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really don't want to get shot, so let's just watch and see who's <laughs> what happens here. <laughs> But I, I think that that battle at the very end is is really great. I even think the smaller battles where they're ambushing each other, I think those are really, really great action sequences and fight choreography is just it's really, really great. And it's perfectly placed through the movie. You know, you get a little character development with a little love drama. Then you get the whole father and son aspect and then bam, a battle scene. And then you go back to you know, some other doodads and then battle scene. I, I liked it. I loved, I loved how it's paced. Oh, yeah. The pacing is, uh, is like I said earlier, is just impeccable because, like you said, it's fight scene, some drama, fight scene, drama, fight scene. Dad, did you ever watch that extradition that I told you to watch? The what? Uh, movie Extradition. It just came out. Oh, Extraction? That's it. I don't know why I call it extra diction every time. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you know if you've seen that movie, you could understand the pacing is uh, totally different from you know because it's like bam, lol, bam, ending. Mm -hmm. Where this one is spaced out, I think perfectly to where you know hell three hours in, you don't even realize it's been three hours. No, I, I could if I if you'd asked me before I watched this movie. How long is this movie? I would have said two hours. Oh, yeah, tops. Yeah, tops. Two hours. Yeah. 
because I mean, back then they, they didn't really make a whole lot of movies, uh, almost three hours long. I mean, I mean, yeah, they have the Godfather and they have, was it 2001 space odyssey and, and all those movies are, are pretty long. Braveheart was long. Um, uh, for the most part, these war movies and stuff like that, they weren't, weren't, they weren't, they weren't that long. Yeah. But you know, the thing I've noticed about some of these war movies is they don't do a whole, a real good job of explaining the events leading to the war. No. Like it's just, you're here and there's a war and that's what we're going to talk about. But this kind of had that build up to the arc of why they're in the war and where it's taking place at and why he's joining. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the beginning where he's very hesitant to join the colonial army and do all that stuff again. You know, he, he does not want to do that. And, you know, they kind of go through the voting process of, of going to war and whatnot. So I actually appreciated those, those early moments in the movie, because like you said, most war movies do not give you that time of day to, to explore the events leading up to the war. It's usually just, oh, bam, you're in the middle of the war. Then, you know, usually when you get a, a bunch of actors together that are good, I mean, you know, like Keith Fletcher would, wasn't really known, but Mel Gibson was a hit back then. But, you know, usually you have that one character that you just, you're like, eh, he was carried by the other cast. I mean, truly, I think every character and actor I mean, worked with each other, and it was a uh, came out to be a huge success for that. I think. Absolutely, I'm. I'm telling you, they give everybody at least something to do. Like the, uh, I don't know his name, but it's the, it's the oh, the white dude in the militia, and you know he 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 makes the comment to the uh, to the black man about uh, being free or whatever. Yes. Yeah, and then, you know, the black guy saves him throughout the course of the movie, and then at the very end, he's just like, you know, I'm honored to be by you, to be fighting alongside you. And I'm just like, it's just like, he's not even that big of a character in the movie, but they even give him, like, a little moment to to have, like, a little character arc, where at the beginning of the movie, you know, he's, like, this racist, and at the very end, you know, hey, man, you saved my life, I'm cool with you now. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's funny. He's more of a comedian actor than anything. Yes. He, he had a sitcom. I can't think of the damn sitcom name, but it was pretty funny, but it's been canceled for a while. I cannot remember the name of it either, but it was funny. He had that, had that red-headed daughter, and I think her name was in the title or something, but it, it was pretty funny. I cannot think of it for life of me. Nope. Not going to think of it. No, no, no. Let me ask you, sir. What the hell is the meaning of the rocking chair? That is such a focal point in this movie. It shows up the beginning. It shows up when he's with the general. There's got to be a meaning behind the rocking chair. I I don't think there is a meaning. I think that's just something that he does on the side. And at the very beginning, you know, he's this farmer. He's he has I think that's I think they're trying to explain to you that he has nothing to do with the military or war or anything like that at this point in his life. All he's focused on is working in his farm, his children, and getting in this rocking chair to be perfect. And then, obviously, when he sits in it, he breaks, which I thought was pretty funny. And then <laughs> and then he goes to the uh, – Cornwallis is uh, – mansion and he's looking at it and I, I think that's just all trying to not make him more realistic but kind of ground him a little bit and not to it's trying to give him like a little extra extra thing to his personality I think I got you I had no uh no thoughts either way I was just kind of curious because you know usually when something pops up more than once you're like well it's gotta mean something but yeah, I think it's just to give his character a little bit more personality to kind of, you know, he's he's been in this war now for two hours of the movie or however long it was. And, oh, hey, let's bring him back down to earth a little bit and revisit this moment where he was, you know, just focused on his farming life. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, I got you. that's probably not a good answer, but that's what I think it is. I'll go with that, sir. So overall, I absolutely love this movie. I think it's instantly rewatchable. The like I said earlier, the the dialogue at points. Yeah, they they're very very nineties esque, but for the most part, it's really really great writing, a really great story. Like we've said already, it goes from one point to another point, and it's so seamless, and you just you get lost in this movie, a three hour movie, you get lost in it, and you can't say that about many two hour forty five minute plus movies. You just can't say it. But I think the uh, the the writing is great. The score is amazing. I think all the characters are great. There's not a character in here that I wish would just go away. Obviously, there's some characters that I wish got more time versus others. I think Jason Isaacs is, like I said, one of the best villains in any movie ever. Uh, just a fantastic actor, fantastic villain. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, I think... I think from my previous experience, I thought there was a lot more war scenes in this movie than there were. But I mean, there's a there's still a great amount of war scenes in there. I just I guess I never realized how much drama was actually in the movie. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure most people have seen this movie, but this is definitely a total rewatchable movie, all the way through, man. Anytime it's on TV, watch it. I think it's worth the watch if you hadn't seen it in six, seven months. Go watch it again because you know there's a couple of things that you can find in there that are uh, you may have not seen earlier. But I mean, you really can't get a better uh, movie with the cast, the storyline. I mean, everything just works so well together. It's hard to find a movie that is almost three hours long that has amazing pacing, that has a great story. That has all the characters are great. I mean, even the little kids were great. And sometimes you can find little re- reasons to uh, to not like them. But uh, like the writing, the score, everything about this movie, I can't really find anything that I just absolutely dislike about this movie. Can you? No, man. There's not. I cannot think of one thing. I have nothing wrote down that I I dislike. I I am speechless without speech. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't think... I tried thinking of something to say about this movie that I absolutely just disliked. And and I have nothing. I have nothing. And that's why I give it five stars. I give it five stars, sir. I think this is in the category of Tombstone, Shawshank. I think it's in there. It's a classic. It's just so well done. It's a classic. So great. So now y'all can buy, y'all can buy this on Voodoo on digital it's uh eight bucks uh i mean y'all know my my thing about movies that are 20 plus years old we shouldn't be spending more than five dollars for any movie that is that old eight dollars for the patriot fucking worth it oh yeah totally worth it totally worth it it. and we start getting more than ten dollars and wait for it on sale i mean it's it's, i mean it's worth that much money but you know hey that was 20 years ago Yeah, $8 for three hours of entertainment. That's a steal. (laughs) And you can watch it whenever you want. For real. But also, if you have not, if for whatever reason you have not seen The Patriot yet, uh, or if you do want to rewatch it and you don't want to spend the eight bucks on it, go to Netflix and it's on there currently. I don't know if it's going to be there at the end of the month or, you know, further than that. But as of July 1st, when we are recording this, it is on Netflix. So yeah, I give it five stars. I think it's, I think it's, I, just, I hate to call it a masterpiece, sir, but it, I think it's a masterpiece. I think, I think it's perfect. It really is. And I think, I, I think everybody should go watch this movie. I can't argue with you, man. Normally, when we do these, I write a, uh, you know, jot down a couple of notes, and a good majority of the time, I have more things that I thought were unrealistic didn't go good or I would change and I have nothing but uh good things to write about this whole movie which kind of scares me because 
we've hit this five-star masterpiece of a movie. Now we're going to be comparing all of our war movies to this movie. Maybe that's why I think I'm having such a hard time because this is the first war movie I watched of the in July. Mm-hmm. And then I went down to uh, Hacksaw Ridge and a couple others, and I was like, wow, maybe I don't want to do a... a do all of these four movies <laughs> these these have been horribly uh, not all of them but you know for, uh, it's nothing like this this movie for, i can for, tell you that for war movies they're not as good no i mean uh i think some of them if you would watch it and not have the patriot to compare it to then you'd probably be like it was pretty decent but comparing it to this movie it's like Oh damn, that was uh, that was pretty sad. So, the last couple of genre series that I've done, I've tried saving some of the better movies for the end for that reason. But I mean, how can we review The Patriot later on this month and not the first movie? Being oh man, I that would just be crazy, sir. It it would be. I mean the, this. It had to be the first movie. Had to be. But now, you know, hey, we got... But granted, we do have Saving Private Ryan. We do have Braveheart and Lone Survivor to watch. And we know those movies are great. I've never seen Braveheart. you fucking never seen Braveheart? I've never, never seen it. I'm I'm without speech. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's one even better. Rachel's never seen it. She asked me to watch it with her. I was like, nah, your kids are too damn loud. I had to watch it when I'm by myself so I can hear it. <laughs> wow. I cannot believe you haven't seen that movie. I know. Uh, that's supposed to be one of those classics, too. But Dad, that, that's one of Dad's favorite movies. Really? Yeah. You, you don't remember ever having the uh, the box set? Or the, the two no, I VHS? Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, I have Braveheart on um, Voodoo, by the way, that we can watch. Excellent. Uh, it's a it's a long movie. I don't know. I don't know how long Braveheart is. Let's see. It is shit. <laughs> That's three hours. <laughs> Whoa, man! But uh, it's it's an epic. I, I I haven't seen Braveheart in a very very long time. I still think the Patriot might be be above it, but Braveheart has some fucking great moments in it. Hey, did Tina ever collect the little the Disney movies when she was, I don't know, like Presley's age or something? The Disney movies, like Little Mermaid and shit. Yeah, like The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, shit like that. I mean, she watched them. We don't have them anymore. Uh, you remember those plastic cases that, you know, they came in those big plastic cases that would lock together and look like a book. Yeah. Apparently, man, some of them movies. I read a news article today. Some of them, them are worth a lot of money some of the original releases Ooh, i don't have any of those movies i don't and know I, I don't i think we got all the uh you know second and third release nothing if it had to have been released probably when we were kids mm-hmm. yeah when when i left the house those those movies got done whatever with them i don't even remember what happened to them yeah so i was like all right dang man somebody's Somebody's sitting on a gold mine. You know how those Disney collectors are, man. They love that first release stuff. Because, you know, look at the the Little Mermaid case that had the wiener on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was one of the first releases on that, so. Indeed, sir. Indeed. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, well, shit, I have one of those fucking moves. If I can go on eBay and sell it. I only need 10% uh Finder's fee. Finder's fee. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think that's going to conclude our review for The Patriot. Uh, like like we just said, I don't know how we're going to go about the rest of the month when our first review is a five-star movie. Uh, I do know the other three movies that we're reviewing are fucking fantastic. I'm excited to watch Lone Survivor. I've been watching that. I've been wanting to watch that for fucking months now. And I'm like, I got to save it. Gotta save it. Yeah, you know, I'm interested to see because you picked out some mighty big hitters to review, and I wonder how they would 
live up to the Patriot, you know, because mm-hmm. they're all uh, major blockbusters that you picked. So the one of the greatest things about doing the review series and the genre series is like uh, when I watched the Die Hard movies or the uh, the Predator movies or uh, I said Die Hard, didn't I? Predator, uh, Terminator. When you watch all those back to back to back, your opinion on those movies change dramatically. Yeah, you know, that's like we were talking about before. I think some of these movies would be a little higher on my end if I hadn't just watched The Patriot. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see what your top 10 will be because we're not watching these in the same order. No. So and I'm just well, randomly picking that- one. Some of the ones that we've watched already, you and I are having a little bit of different opinion on. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what our top ten will be and and why you come to that decision. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you joining me, sir, for tonight. Yes, sir. Now, this will obviously be released on July 4th, so happy 4th of July to everybody. Marika. Happy in Marika, bitches. This is the day that we kicked that motherfucking Britain ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not okay to get edited. Hey, 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 hey. You know, <laughs> I will say this one last thing. My clothing. Okay. America has whooped. This, is, this might be a little arrogant coming from me, but it is what it is. Okay. I'm an American. Like the Japs, like Jap, the Japan and Great Britain. You know, we whooped, the, we whooped that ass so hard and so bad that they became our friends afterwards. We ain't fucking with them twice. <laughs> That's one of those, uh, oh, I'm going to whip your ass. Bam. Oh, shit, dog. I'm sorry, man. Let, let's be friends. I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, hey, if you're from Great Britain or from Japan, just know that we love you, okay? It's all in good, all in good fun. Uh, All a good fun. Happy Independence Day. We appreciate y'all joining us for this review of The Patriot. Y'all let us know what you think about it. Have you seen it and you love it as much as we do? Or let us know if you haven't seen it. You know, what your expectations are going into it. Or let us know if you just saw it based off this review and what your opinions on are now. Uh, Let us know. Either drop a comment on Facebook or email me at twogamepodcasts at gmail.com. And Josh, I think you had one more thing to say. Hey, let us know what you think that rocking chair had uh, any substantial meaning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm from Mississippi, so I, I don't think real too deep on things. So maybe y'all can figure it out. Crickets? <laughs> <laughs> Josh is like, I'm not fucking touching that. <laughs> hey, I already said I didn't know. <laughs> 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 I think I've offended everybody in this one little podcast. <laughs> I'm going to have to probably For... that. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast is going to be about three minutes long. We liked the movie. <laughs> it was five. Appreciate y'all joining us, and we'll catch y'all next time on another episode. Bye, us.